1: And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Benched with Bubba, continuing our season previews team by team to get you ready for the 2023 fantasy baseball season. We stick with the NL East. and I think this might actually be the last team in the NL East now that I think about it. In the Washington Nationals, the once-heralded World Series winning watch not too long ago, folks. Like, this isn't even your mom and dad's Washington Nationals. This is our Washington Nationals. And um, they still have fantasy relevance, I'm going to say that much. There's still some on the roster. And in order to break this all down with me as a friend of the show, a friend of mine, I had the pleasure of meeting this wonderful individual in Arizona this past year. You can find her her work at fantracks.com. She does football and baseball. So she brings the heat year round. On Twitter at LK Auerbach. Lauren. How are doing, my friend?
2: <laughs> Bubba, it's good to see you again. Um, it's fun to be on here. I've been listening to some of your um, uh, team previews before, so I'm excited to be a part of it, covering the amazing, exciting Washington Nationals.
1: Yeah, I tried to build it up as best I could. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. But uh, you guys have a great ballpark to go to, so that's but, fun. Yeah, you can yeah. drop off on the Metro or the train, mm-hmm. whatever you guys call it, right outside. Takes you right
2: in. Yep. Yeah, so let's look at the positives here, right? Yep. Yeah. You have to find the positives this season with this team. Yeah. But yes, find them where you can and run with them.
1: I'm hundred percent with you, so I'm looking forward to this before we get into it. I mentioned like your Twitter and everything, but like let the people know like this is one thing I gave you a hard time for in Arizona. I know. What do you got going on?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I know I know I well, like you had said, I mean I do um you know kind of football and baseball content over at fan tracks, and um I will start doing kind of uh more weekly. Um, baseball kind of off season stuff um, in the next couple of weeks by the end of February, um, and kind of run with that. Do probably a weekly write up um, throughout the regular season. Um, I was talking to you earlier. I was saying I was kind of slowly transitioning my football brain over to my baseball ba- my baseball my baseball brain um, in the meantime, and have been doing you know taking part in um, kind of Fantrax uh, staff rankings for for baseball. So if anyone's interested, they should check that out. But yeah, you can find me over at Fantrax and like you said um at um lk auerbach is my twitter handle which i am not the best person on twitter but we are going to try and remedy that this season baba i promise yeah. and, <laughs> I, and i only
1: gave lauren a hard time about that well like there's a long story backstory mm-hmm. to arizona i'm not gonna you. Like it was like the most ironic thing in the world it was just awesome uh-huh. but um I want her to promote more because she's very good at what she does and needs to get out there. So I was giving her a very hard time because one of the jokes I always tell people is if I'm not giving you a hard time, it's probably they don't care about you. So um, I, I got wanted like this has to happen. So yeah, yeah, uh, we'll, I we'll know. Pay, yeah. We'll pay, we'll pay, we'll pay Michael Simeone to run your Twitter account. There
2: you that? go. There you <laughs> go. Like he wants one more thing to run.
1: Exactly. a curmudgeon. <laughs> um, all right. Let's talk Washington nationals. let do it. Um, those that are curious, I'm using ADP from like the last six or seven draft champions drafts. So they will fluctuate as you listen to the show. But we'll start with the leadoff man here Mm -hmm. and one Lane Thomas. And I'll just preface this out the gate. One good thing about teams like the Nationals, I just did the Orioles uh, before this episode and a couple other, I guess, not as high leverage teams as you'd expect. Their values technically, potentially in drafts. That's one of the fun things about them. And when it comes to Lane Thomas, when you look at uh, his ADP over the last, you know, week or so, he is um, coming in pretty, pretty cheap at 273. Mm -hmm. And it's just a matter of can he do it for a whole year with power, speed and whatnot. So what's your thoughts on Lane Thomas this season?
2: Yeah, I mean, I like Lane Thomas. Um, You know, he... he you know, last season was his first season um, with, with the nationals Uh, and he started off slow, but he started to figure things out in June and he slowly worked his way up to the lineup. And as you've referenced, um, you know, he started leading off. He started exclusively leading off for the team um, since September 1st. And um, he's penciled in to lead off this season, which is good. And um, one of the things that I really like about uh, Lane Thomas is that he's fast. You know, his spin- his sprint speed is in the 95th percentile. Um, and he has above average plate discipline metrics. You know, he's got an 89% Z contact as well as an 81.3% uh, overall contact rate. And he doesn't chase a ton. So to me, I like um, metrics like that. He's fast. He's leading off. Um, you know, his uh, quality of contact metrics um, are just about average, a little bit below average, but he does have uh contact to work with. Um, and so I like that. And, you know, a lot of projections have Thomas, you know, kind of as a mid teen home run guy with eight to 10 steals. But, um, I really like him, uh, to be a little bit more aggressive on the steel front. You know, I would kind of penciling in, um, you know, twelve. I think he could be, you know, his upside is a 2015 guy with a 240 batting average. But um, the reason why I'm a little bit more aggressive on steals with this guy and a guy that we'll talk about in a couple minutes um, is that uh, this team has in order to score runs they have to play small ball. There is no big power bat on the Washington Nationals. And so um, I think in order to score runs, they're going to have to be aggressive on the on the base paths. And if you look at Lane Thomas, you know, he was eight for 12 last season um, in stolen bags, but 11 of those 12 attempts came in the second half of the season. So I think that that's something I like to carry over for him uh, this season. And I, I like him. I, you know, I think that um, he's probably going, uh, would you say about like 270?
1: Like 272-ish, yeah. Um,
2: Yeah. So like maybe like the 65th outfielder off the board or something along those lines. Um, And I have no problem getting him there. I think he's a super solid kind of fourth outfielder. And again, I think um, really kind of pushing aggressiveness on the base paths. And also just real quickly on that base path uh, point point. you know, some of the new rules, we don't know how it will pan out, but with, um, you know, pitch clock, bigger base sizes, these are things that um, may actually help this team if they're going to be aggressive on the base paths.
1: And this is why I have people like Lauren on the show, folks, because I had like queued up just in case, but she nailed it. Uh, my one of my co hosts, Ryan Bloomfield, that I have on, he does the bloom boards, of mm-hmm. course. And last week he had one on first half, first, second half, stolen base attempts. Mm-hmm and the differences between the two, one attempt in the first 11, mm-hmm. in the second half, just as Lauren mentioned yeah. was the biggest like differential kind of, or tied for in baseball. And that says a lot because a lot of people drafted lane with the idea of steals mm-hmm. to go with a little bit of power. So now what if you get 11 and 11 attempts in both halves, yeah. like, like you're saying, it just changes things a ton, the different yeah. rules and whatnot. And when he's getting drafted right now, he's right next to Jesse Winker, kind of a little behind uh, Austin Hayes. So it makes it makes lane thomas very interesting especially if he does get back to that stolen base world so mm-hmm. i'm 100 percent on board with with you on that one i think this was the gentleman you were kind of hinting at a second ago and i'm really curious your thoughts because mm-hmm. i kind of have a weird like optimistic man crush on cj abrams mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like i'm really you know the the prospect pedigree the speed we've seen a little bit of pop decent batting average Um, his ADP is 224. The reason I like CJ, and I'll let you get get Mm -hmm. your thoughts here, is I do think the speed's legit. I think that's a great thing. And the thing is, he's been a high level prospect, and he's kind of not given us what we wanted. But he's also been yo-yoed so Mm -hmm. much that he's never really gotten a chance. Where now, the Nats have nowhere else to go. Like they traded for him for one, so they wanted him, Mm -hmm. and. Like I said, there's no one to take his job. Like, yeah. why not get a full year to make this happen? And he's predicted it's second, which is great. So... I hope I didn't steal everything, but what's your thoughts on C.J. Abrams?
2: No, you didn't, but you took a, you made a lot of great points. Um, and I am all in on C.J. Abrams this season. And, you know, talking about just real quickly, like you kind of need to find your moments to pick with this team and your players to be excited about. For me, C.J. Abrams is the player that I'm most excited about um, on this team. You know, like you said, he's this top prospect. Um, he's a speed guy. He's got a little bit of pop. Um, and this will be his first full season um, with the Nationals. And, you know, he he's interesting to me because, um, you know, he actually cracked the opening day roster uh, with San Diego um, last season, but he really struggled out of the gate. Uh, he was sent back to, you know, AAA, came back up, you, you know, once he fixed whatever he was going to fix, but he just didn't get, you know, con- consistent playing time. Um, you know, he never played more than 15 games a month in, with San Diego. So he came over with the Soto trade. Um, he was in the minors a little bit here. Um, but then um, he really started getting um, consistent playing time uh, in the middle of August uh, with the Nationals. And that's where you really started to he came on strong. he basically had a strong September and um I think that that's no coincidence, you know it's because he had consistent playing time you know and he ended up working his way up the lineup just like Lane Thomas. Um, and in the final you know nine games of the season, CJ Abrams was batting second. He's again penciled to uh, bat at the you know second second in the order, um, and that's good because he is he is a speed guy. And um, you know, looking at his September uh, numbers to the end of the season, you know he he ended up with um, you know a ninety five WRC plus a three hundred five WOBA um, and a three hundred nine um, you know on base percentage. And so, you know he wasn't reaching those numbers uh, prior to that. And I think that this really had a lot to do with the consistent playing time. Now he doesn't have a ton of, um, you know, uh, uh, like pop. Uh, he has some pop, but he had a, you know, 2.1 barrel rate. And he did have some chase issues last season um, and had issues um, batting against lefties. So he may, if he sits that would be the only reason he may skip some at bats is against lefties. But, but you're right, Bubba. I mean, I think that he, the playing time is there. Um, you started to see him getting more comfortable last season. Um, and he had a similar thing with Lane Thomas. You know, he also started. Um, I think he he stole uh, seven bases, I believe eight eight bases. But um six of those attempts came with Washington and that was from August 15th on. So again, I think this is going to be an aggressive uh, team on the base paths. And I expect both Lane Thomas and CJ Abrams um, to be a heavy part of that.
1: And it makes a lot of sense. Like you said it with Lane Thomas. And now with CJ is, It's just team context where Mm -hmm. their nationals aren't going to be boppers like Soto's gone. Harper's gone. There's no one there. No one's gone. Even when (laughs) he was healthy, there's no one to hit home runs. So (laughs) Uh they have to manufacture, which makes a ton of sense. Mm -hmm. So that's why you acquire an Abrams. That's why you have a Thomas and you hit him at the top of the order and, and see what happens. So it's more than just, you know, I can sit there and spout off that he's a prospect and this and that you combine that though, with the context, like you're saying, and it just kind of, at least, you know, in our, our world, we're trying, we're, we're trying to predict. Mm-hmm. And that's the best you can do is kind of put the pieces together. So I think that's interesting. A quick question on CJ mm-hmm. for you though. Uh, he's going around picking uh, two twenty-three as I mentioned, would you be okay if you just waited on a shortstop as your shortstop, or would you prefer him as a middle infielder on your roster?
2: Um, I actually in a gladiator league, I, I, I waited at the position and I ended up taking CJ Abrams. Um, and so I, am okay with that. I'm really buying into him this season. And um, it really is uh, for that, that power appeal. I do think, you know, keep in mind, he is 22. I think power will develop, but if we're talking about 2023, you know, redraft leagues, don't, you know, don't, um, you know, expect power, like his fantasy value lies with his legs. So uh, I am in, in on him and I did. I did wait on the position and took him. Okay. <laughs> so, Perfect. And that's
1: another great yeah. point. He's 22 years old. Mm-hmm. Oh. And if I the last thing I'll say on him is you know, like, the barrel rate, people will say it was 2.1 hard hit. Mm-hmm. But his max EV was 109.6. Yeah. yeah. So when he does hit the ball, or he can, he's basically proving he can hit the ball hard. Now it's like you said, as he grows and develops, like just translate a little bit. Mm-hmm. And even if he hits like 10 to 15 homers and then steals like he can, that could be pretty, pretty nice.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right, I'll probably butcher this last name because I've said it for over a year now. and I don't think I say it the same way more than twice in a row. Um, is it Manesis or Manessis? Manessis. Manessis. I knew it was Joey one Manessis. of the two. I told yeah. you I, I, yeah. it's one of the two all the time. <laughs> Joey Manessis uh-huh. is um, a guy that I cannot wrap my head around. I'll be 100% honest. He yeah. hit 324, 13 home runs last year. Mm-hmm. He was amazing. He had 20 home runs in AAA over 96 games. Um, the part I think I struggle with, he's going to be 31. So it's kind of yeah. a last, like a late bloomer mm-hmm. situation, is the way I look at it. Mm-hmm. ADP of 203. So it's like we saw the skill set, but was this like a one-year wonder or is this something we can kind of hope for in 2023?
2: Yeah, and I think when we're talking about, and I think like you were not, this is a common thought about Joey Manessis. What what do we make of him going into 2023? Because essentially he is like the Nationals power bat. You know, talking about we don't have a 30 home run bat. We do have Joey Manessis. There may be a couple of guys, but this is really... This, this is it. This is it for Washington, where, um, you know, like you said, he had kind of all these great power stats. You had to keep in mind that this was uh, a 56 game sample with him. He's spent 10 years in the minors. He's 30 years old, um, but he got called up after the Soto trade and he really just kind of ran with his opportunity. And it was a really good feel story for, for, uh, you know, the team, but also for the fan base that was just gutted, you know, with, with Soto and Bell going. So um, he was a nice story kind of in the second half. And yeah, it's like, what do you make of him kind of of, of going forward? Um, you know, he was aided. He did have some luck. He had a 370 BABIP, which, you know, definitely led the team. And um, I didn't check the league, but it was probably up there if um, in terms of, you know, luckiness. Um, so regression will hit, but I don't, think I still expect like 20 to 25 home runs from him or probably 23, 25 home runs. I would say, um, I wouldn't bank on much more than that. Um, regression will be there, but I get if like, you know, like what you were saying, if you don't, you, you're not sure if you can buy into him because he's 30 years old, he spent 10 years in the minors. Like what are the odds on him kind of sustaining this for a full season, but there isn't a ton to, I think like, you can't really poke a ton of holes in his skill set, which is, which is, like average ish, but there are also some, some good signs, you know, he has a solid plate approach, you know, he, he finished, um, You know, with a 6.3 walk rate and a 21.7 strikeout rate, so so that's average, that's good. But his quality of contact metrics, like he hit the ball um, 41.7, his or his hard hit rate was 41.7, which is near elite, and he had a 9.9 percent barrel uh, rate, which is above average, and you know his home run per fly ball rate was 25.5 percent, which is also elite. That will definitely come down, but. He um, has, you know, above average contact rates. He doesn't chase a ton. So it's not like he's this big free swinger that was just getting lucky. And when he had contact, he hit the ball well. Like he has some solid skills there. They're not amazing, but I think they'll keep him afloat. And I think that it's good enough for, like I said, kind of 23, 25 home runs. Um, and I really do. I think you're looking at the the Nationals power bat with, with Joey Manessis. I think, you know... I think he's currently going off the board is like the 20 ish if like uh, first baseman and if he falls i think in drafts i'm fine kind of taking him on a discount just understand what you're going to get um but i'm kind of taking glass half full with with Man- manessa's versus um um what did i say i'm taking glass half full versus yeah, half empty yeah yeah yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, I, I there was a lot of good for me to hear in that because mm-hmm. i I, like I said i there's only so many players you can really get like a, a good feel for as mm-hmm. you do research, especially in baseball with so many players. And Manessas is one, right? It's like, ah, it's just, it's tricky where, mm-hmm. and, and it's a lot of what you said, If you look at his ADP even over the last six drafts and he is like the 21st first baseman off the board, but his ADP is 203, but he's gone as high as 168. And That's a, as, little high. Yeah, a little. Yeah, a exactly. little. <laughs> yeah, but then as low as two thirty four, so yeah, it's like that. That range shows you I'm not alone. On like, yeah. figuring, like it, yeah. you're either in or you're out. It feels like he's got such a wide range. Absolutely, so yeah. he could easily be a guy though if he falls closer to that two thirty four where I'm sitting in a draft like two twenty. Like, okay, mm-hmm. now I'm ready. I'll yeah. I'll take you. I'm not going to get you by one seventy. Not a chance. But no. uh, so. He's definitely interesting. I looked at his projections while you're talking, and Mm -hmm. even like the smart projection guys, like you said, twenty to twenty-two home runs. The counting stats won't be there because it's the Nats. That's the the shame of it all. But he's not going to crush you, so maybe I need to change my thoughts. Like, not go all in on Joey, but at least not like cross him off.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's like he's not. I kind of view him as he's not a thirty home run bat, but I think he's better than a twenty home run bat. So I'm going to split, split in the middle. Say he's like twenty-five, and just kind of go with that. And. Um, you know, I think I had him in my rankings over at Fantrax. He may have been like the 23rd first baseman off the board for me. So, you know, in that neighborhood as kind of ADP, you know. Um, but, yeah, getting into that 170 zone, like that's that's too rich. But just understand yeah, we'll, what you're getting.
1: We'll see how it goes with him. I could see a Trey Mancini type profile there. Mm-hmm. Which would yeah, be yeah. Quite interesting. So mm-hmm. that would be fun let's talk what else is fun it's Kyber Ruiz and I was all in on Kyber last year and it was kind of a rough go all around still at 251 which is mm-hmm. good for catcher power never really materialized. didn't expect a ton mm-hmm. uh, and he stole six bags which oh my goodness maybe this is a nationals <laughs> <Yeah>. thing <laughs> but I guess I, uh, I I guess I expected a little more bad average from Ruiz from what we've seen in the minor leagues it could also have been his first full season in the bigs mm-hmm. new team could have been a lot of question marks I don't know what you're seeing or hearing um, in Washington but he's the 14th catcher off the board at pick 194 right now. So he's not costing you a ton. Mm -hmm. Just doesn't really add much outside of maybe a good batting average. So what's your thoughts on Ruiz?
2: Yeah, you know, I mean, like you said, I mean, he, I think people kind of walked away from his first season with first full season with the Nationals feeling a little underwhelmed. I think especially when you talk about Kybert Ruiz, you know, you know this is, he's got elite plate skills, you know, K rate. He's got this high batting average floor, but he walked away with kind of a 251 batting average. And he did have an expected 277 batting average. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's a little power. I don't, you shouldn't, I don't know where those six steals came from again. Maybe it is just, you know, Nats being like we got to score a run somehow. Um, but I wouldn't bank on that this season, you know, I would maybe do a couple, um, you know, stolen bases, uh, from him, but, um, he's just, he is what he is, which is just, he's a really good contact hitter with elite plate skills. Um, and a little bit of pop now, you know, he he did improve a little bit in terms of quality of contract, contact last season. Um, when I say these numbers, it's still below average, but he did improve, you know, he brought his, you know, hard hit rate from 30.4 to 32.3, and then a 2.5 barrel to 3.7% barrel. I think that there is room for improvement there, but don't pencil in, you know, I would say 10 to 13, um, you know, home runs. Um, look, I mean, this is a, this is a, deep position. Uh Kybert Ruiz is not flashy um by any means. No one is is out there kind of trying to reach for Kybert Ruiz, but at the same time, uh there's a high batting average floor. Um say he gets you get you a you know, 13 13 steals, I'm sorry, 13 home runs, you know, combined 100, you know, runs RBI. Um couple of steals. Um I think that batting average will go up to, you know, kind of 2 260 265 range. Um and what is that i mean that's that's like a boring guy but he's not hurting you anywhere and I think right. that you just have to understand what he is when you get him and he's a perfectly solid reliable high floor you know second catcher um you know and that's that's how I view him it's like don't, you know he's easy to gloss over but he's also not hurting you anywhere and you know you can you want to take a boring catcher this is this is him but I do think in that kind of 14. If you said he's a 14th catcher off the yep. board, I think that's that's right about where he should be.
1: Yeah, I like that ADP because I think last year where it kind of got tough with him, and I was high on him too, mm-hmm. is he was going much higher. Where now he slots in perfectly as a catcher too, like you said. And when you get into catcher twos, it can get dicey at mm-hmm. times. Yep. And you got like you mentioned the floor, especially batting average, like that 251 might be the worst we see from him. Mm-hmm. Like, that's 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 what's crazy because like you mentioned the contact skills, he doesn't strike out like. Yeah, the people are going to kill me in Toronto. His contact skills and, like, play discipline r- resemble Mr. Alejandro Kirk.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: But the results obviously have varied. I'm not yeah. going to say by any means Ruiz is going to be what Kirk is, but mm-hmm. to have that kind of plate discipline and plate skills is promising. Yeah. He's going to be 25. So, again, we're talking about a young guy mm-hmm. trying to figure it out. And I've talked to a lot of people about these catchers, and especially young guys, like I said at the very beginning, it's his first year running a team behind the dish so like that takes a lot out of a guy that could take away from his approach of the plate and Mm -hmm. something just to monitor and he's, he's a solid catcher too so i'm much more intrigued with
0: where he's going in
2: drafts right now yeah yeah
0: the best way to learn a language immersion living where the language is spoken and using it every day but if that's not in the cards this year you can still learn a language the second best way and that's with Babel. Babble's designed by real people for real conversations and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real life situations and delivered with conversation based teaching. So you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners.
1: all right the candy man the candy man 21. can i've always i've always been a little biased i love candelario mm-hmm. i think there's there's something there it has yeah. not obviously happened yet but yeah. again going be 29 this year still not that old yet yep. um he's out of detroit we know that ballpark washington can play lively oh, uh yeah. especially in the summertime adp of 388 new place out of detroit Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he's going to be a world beater, but I'm not saying I'm not intrigued, especially <laughs> with an, with the with an ADP of 387. Yeah. like it's intriguing to me.
2: Yeah, I'm with you. I I think. I, I think I you had me on uh, your show last year, and we were talking about kind of boring players, and we both yep. were talking about, you know, we love we love you know Jamer Candelaria, the Candy Man, and I, it, you know, I liked him going in, you know, to last season. I thought he could build off of his twenty twenty one season, um, you know, where you know he led the position in doubles. I think he tied actually the the, uh, the league in um, for team high in in doubles with forty two doubles last season. Finished with the one twenty WRC plus. Um, it's like yeah, you know, but, it, you know, things didn't really happen. And when you look at some of his numbers, you know, the one thing that really stands out, you know, his batting average just completely cratered. Um, you know, he, he had a um, 271 batting average in 2021. And last season, it fell down to a 217 batting average. And, uh, you know, looking at a lot of his metrics, his quality of contact metrics, his plate discipline metrics, those all are around his league average. It's just what stands out is you know, he had a 6% walk rate last season, which is a career worst for him. Um, you know, he has a a 9.6% career walk rate and, you know, the chase rate, his chase rate just like jumped last season, um, from, let me see from, uh, 32.3 to 36.8. Um, and he's got a career 31.6 chase rate. So, um, you know, if there's, if he can kind of rein that in, I mean, I think we know what, what the candy man is at this point, which is kind of a 15 to 18 home run guy. Um, I will say that, and he has no, he doesn't bring any steals to the table. I think his batting average uh, should jump up a little bit, you know, but I would just kind of pencil in maybe like 240, 245, just because I, you know, I don't know if he does, you know, get more patience at the plate. Um, or if he just continues to kind of chase at pitches outside the zone. So um, I will say with him though, there's a little bit of upside, which, and it's, it's, you, you referenced this Baba, where, um, you know, yes, he's going from one bad team to another bad team, but he does have a park upgrade and, um, he's never hit 20 home runs before he's topped out at 19, but I feel like Candelaria, I would not be surprised if he, if he hits a 20, Mm -hmm. 20 home run Mark this year and like, that's it 2021. Like, and that would be an upside, but that's um, outside of that. I think that we kind of know what we're getting with him. Um, But there is a little bit of maybe a 20 home run upside with him this season. I wouldn't be surprised.
1: Insert Jack Nicholson shaking head <laughs> gift. Yes, because that's – I think when we talked about him before, the thing I've mm. always loved about him is he's a doubles machine, oh. which we've seen – again, it's not a great comparison again, but Machado was that guy and learned how to elevate the baseball. Yeah. Get the dude out of Detroit. Look, look at Castellanos when he went to the Wrigley. Like Just get him out of Detroit detroit and you never know what could happen so yeah. i'm he's still so young and like you said at worst he's going so late as a like in a draft champions format mm-hmm. as a backup third baseman a corner infielder not a bad scenario
2: yeah yeah
1: let's talk luis garcia who roster research has platooning i hope not but uh, we'll see how that goes mm-hmm. he's going on pick 307 brings a pretty decent batting average floor little power little speed Uh, What are your expectations in 2023 for Luis Garcia?
2: Yeah, we saw he kind of came up um, in June. He was called up in June. And, um, you know, he's a young guy. He's 22 years old, but he does have pop and a little bit of speed. And that comes with a plus batting average. So that's always good. Um, You know, his big thing is he didn't really walk um, last season. He had a 2.9 walk rate. Um, overall. But the good thing is, is that he consistently increased his walk rate each month from from June on. And it basically went from 0.9% to uh, 5.6%. So from between June and October, you know, he went up, which is good. It's something that you want to see. You know, he doesn't really elevate the ball yet. um, So he'll probably kind of hover around, you know, 50% ground ball rates, which will probably ultimately kind of cap, um, his, his speed. Um, so, or I'm sorry, his home runs. Um, but you know, again, he's 22 and I think that he can improve on some of his contact rates. I think in terms of platooning, uh, I think he should get playing time, but yes, I think that there is a possibility he could sit against lefties. Um, but you know, a lot of projections have him going for, you know, kind of like a, a 12 to 15 home run um, Guy combined, you know, 120, you know, runs and RBI, um, you know, with a handful of steals and a 260 batting average, you know, that's definitely serviceable for where he's going. And if he ends up platooning, then, you know, um, you can, you can find someone else, you know, if, if you're solely relying on on Luis Garcia, but um, he, it's, it's really kind of that, that pop and speed mix with, with the um, plus batting average. So hopefully um, they let him kind of run as much as he can, can because I think that um, in terms of playing time because I think that they're, um, there's not a lot you know kind of waiting in the wings so I think that, that they'll run with him but he could lose uh, playing time to the lefties
1: okay uh other than that it's a lot of platoon stuff Corey mm-hmm. dickerson's there dominic smith's there like we like the platoon options victor robles maybe one day figures out <laughs> yeah, he's still he's uh, only 26 it's crazy. Which is crazy. I it's know. Like he's been around for every year
2: it's the same yeah. victor robles yeah
1: is there anybody else worth like like i know we could keep an eye on guys and like they'll like i've streamed Corey dickerson multiple times last year when they had a bunch of right handers and the cardinals are mm-hmm. facing but mm-hmm. uh are there any of these plot guys like worth drafting or is it more just kind of like a wait and see approach with Washington?
2: No, I, I don't, I don't know that they're, they're worth drafting. I would say you mentioned Corey Dickerson. That's the only one that I, you know, would maybe, maybe pop for me a little bit. We kind of know what Corey Dickerson is at this point, but um you know, he signed to play every day as you know, an outfielder in Washington. And um, you never know, you know, with some of these kind of, you know, one-year veterans, change of scenery, um, sometimes it brings out the best of them. Um, And so, but I ultimately, in terms of your question, are they worth drafting? Um, I don't think unless in like really super deep leagues or a draft and draft and hold or something, but I could see Dickerson, he could surprise you at at certain points during the, uh, during the season. And, I think he'll have his streamable moments for sure. Like, I think he could easily fall into some counting stats if he's playing every single day um, for the most part um, because it's just, there's not a lot of depth on this team. Yeah,
1: for sure. Yeah. Uh, now it gets a little interesting. Uh, let's let's go to the mound with the... <laughs> Do Washington we have to? Basket. I know. That's <laughs> Do like, we have to? Hey, I, when I typed this up, I was about to go, I, must, I, I still might. I'm going to probably combine some of these just because it's... <laughs> that's fine it's tricky um i did this with the a's too don't don't Mm -hmm. worry like it got to a point where we don't need to talk about all of them unless Mm -hmm. you really want to um josiah gray is the name many people know because again once really heralded prospect has the home run issues Mm -hmm. through the roof Mm -hmm. um he's going after pick 400 though still doesn't mean i love him but um what are your thoughts on josiah gray coming into this season
2: yeah, I just real quickly, like before we kind of like just kind of get into some of these pictures, I, when I was kind of digging into these numbers, I knew that the Washington, um, you know, starting rotation was bad. I did not realize about how bad, just how bad yeah, it was. And I. I was just neither like, did I. whoa, yeah. uh, it was the only team that had like a negative, um, you know, runs above um, replacement. And I think our wins above replacements. Right. And um, it was just like any really category that you want to um, kind of you know, measure any of these guys, they were like dead last. So um, it was, it was bad, but yeah, Josiah Gray, uh, you know, with him, the main bullet points, you know, really are, um, you know, he, he walks too much, you know, and, and he did have his first full season in Washington last season. So I should note that. And I will say he had 154 strikeouts and 148 uh, 0.2 innings pitched, but uh, it came with bloated ratios. He had a, f- a 5.02 ERA and a 1.36 whip. And um, that goes back to, you know, his, his walk issues. He walks too many batters. He has um, really problems keeping the ball in the yard. And um, this is both his walk uh, rate and his home run rate are bloated. They were bloated last season um, when he made his uh, uh, debut. And they just mirrored each other, like in another full season, you know, he had um, over a 10% um, walk rate in both last season and in 2021 and his, um, you know, home run per nine, um, you know, he had a 2.3 home run per nine and a 2.42 home run per nine in 2021. Now just, you know, if your listeners don't know, like the league average for home runs per nine is 1.06. So he is just, he just has problems with the home run ball. He walks too many uh, batters you know he has a fastball that really isn't that effective you know batters were were teeing off of it um last season to the tune of a 738 slug uh, and a 304 um, batting average um and you know 24 of his 38 home runs came off of his fastball his slider is much more of his whiff pitch but it was also less effective this season so i think that there's some there's some there's talent there uh with Josiah Gray it's just um like he needs He needs to command the ball better. He needs to make like, like a pitch mix change or usage change. Something needs to be tweaked, um, and maybe that's all that it takes. But I'm kind of off of Joe Gray, Josiah Gray this season. I was in last season, but now that he's kind of mirrored these like bad rates, I just I'm not really that interested this season, despite the fact he's going past 400.
1: Yeah, that's where I'm kind of like, if he does it, congratulations. Mm-hmm. I'm just It's it's so hard to get back in on with that home run problem because if you yeah. throw a couple walks out there, it gets, it's tricky. But yeah. you never know. I'm going to put the two <clears throat> veterans together here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have Patrick Corman at an ADP of 712 and Trevor Williams with an ADP of mm-hmm. 580. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, I'll be honest, I'll <laughs> yeah. say it. I have drafted Trevor Williams uh-huh. in like one of the last rounds of a DC because mm-hmm. it's like, He's going to get innings. Yep. You never know. I'm not in love with anything here. Mm-hmm. Any any interest for fantasy with these two for you?
2: No, not fantasy wise. I do think that Trevor Williams signing is good for like the team in real, real life, life. Yeah. but not really for fantasy. You know, you're talking about a low strikeout pitcher. He will, you know, he should get innings barring health. Um, but yeah, I mean, he has a career 11.7 um, strikeout minus walk rate, so not really. Um, you know, Patrick Corbin. I, the thing is, Patrick Corbin. You, you will get innings with patrick corbin as well but he's just such a head scratcher um you know in the last couple seasons um and i think but you, you can you kind of pick and choose your moments i think with patrick Corbin, I will say that you know um, he had these again like bloated rates ratios a 6.31 ERA and a 170 WHIP. But his ERA estimators um, said he pitched better better than that. He had a 4.21 xFIP and a 4.33 Sierra. Um, but in the last two seasons, he's had an 11.1 strikeout minus walk rate, um, and you've just seen all of the arrows kind of trending downwards in the last two seasons, and it all kind of begins with you know his his slider that's just completely fallen off. So um, the thing is the nationals are going to continue to roll Corbin out, Patrick Corbin out um, because he has this albatross contract, um, you know, him and Steven Strasburg, um, they, their uh, combined um, payrolls make up over 60% of the total payroll of the Washington nationals. And it's just stings. And it's just like, you look at these guys and it's like, come on. Um, but if you are looking for a plus with Corbin, he will give you innings. Um, it kind of is at well, what cost and, um, but if you want to pick and choose and kind of stream him, um, like I guess that's okay. He's like, would you say like he's seven hundred? Seven twelve. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's like really crazy. It's really crazy. But the the Nationals will continue to roll him out. He was the opening day starter last season. Um, I don't I don't know if he's the opening day starter this season. But um, it's ugly. It's ugly out there, Baba, yes. with these pitchers.
1: You mentioned Steven Strasburg, so that's mm-hmm. why I got you there. Mm-hmm. Do we expect much from him this year? Like no, Projections I, have like 15 starts maybe?
2: No. And the thing is, it's like um lo- looking at kind of some of the, um you know, beat writers out here. It's just that he doesn't even have – there's no timetable with him, and he's getting over um with some sort of like thoracic – I don't even know what his rib – I think his rib injury or some sp- sort of thoracic issue. Yeah. yeah. Um, But it's like you look at Steven Strasburg, you know, in the past – you know two seasons he's, he's he's combined for like like under 30 30 innings and so it's just he and he's a little bit of a head case too so i think that um there to you know to answer your question there is no um he's tbd in terms of um when he's gonna come up if you we well, didn't see him this year at all
1: yeah he's probably smart not to yeah um I'll combine the two youngsters now. Mm -hmm. We had Cade Cavalli, who, you know, there were some high hopes for because the pedigree was there. And strikeouts were there in his one outing. Everything else kind of got slippery. Mm -hmm. But uh, his minor league number is not bad. Not bad. That's promising. You also have Mackenzie Gore, who we've seen goods and bads for with San Diego, came over with a C.J. Abrams and the Soto deal. So what are we maybe thinking with Cavalli and Gore? Cavalli's ADP is 440, and Gore's almost 400. So they're not that expensive. Is there any optimism on those two?
2: Yeah, I, th- I think this is a little bit of, of a wait and see for both. Um, and I think we kind of need to see what they're doing in spring training because um, they're both coming off of uh, injuries that um, kind of shut their seasons down um, last season prematurely. Uh, both are like are penciled in, you know, to the starting rotation. I mean, there's one thing about this rotation is that it is super thin. And so, I, you know, I think the Nationals do need to acquire, you know, another kind of veteran guy. But in terms of these young guys, um, you know, I know Gore is um, kind of going in the same neighborhood as um, Josiah Gray. I would rather take a shot on Mackenzie Gore at this point um, than than Gray. I think that um, you know he really started the season well last season with San Diego, uh, but then it really ended on a, sa- on a sour note. You know, and that's when you saw you know elbow inflammation issues, um, and that really kind of shut his his season down. But the Nats were still confident in him. Uh, he was acquired in that Soto deal. Um, yeah, there's, there's kind of pros and cons with him, you know, walks were were a little bit of an issue with Mackenzie Gore, um, and you know, in kind of in his, in the majors as well as in the minors, um, you know, he's got, he relies on a fastball close to 60% of the time. Um, but it's kind of. Like it's his best pitch in terms of batting average against it, but it really only gets like, you know, 18, I think 18.7% uh, whiff rate. Um, you know, his his curveball and slider are his whiff pitches, but the, he doesn't command those very well. So it's a little bit of a mixed bag, but I will take that upside um, over Josiah Gray. Um, but I do think I like uh, Cake Cavalli a little bit more than uh, Mackenzie Gore again this is assuming everything works out well in spring training um you know you mentioned Cavalli had that one start um it's a little bit more um you know missed than hit um but he does have a solid arsenal he has three above average pitches um that he can work with um he also has had a little bit of control and command issues but um, he's also been a high strikeout pitcher. Um, again, I feel this is a theme with national uh, pitchers is that there's, there's still you know, some walk issues here. But um, assuming things kind of are all good in spring training with these guys, um, I think both Cavalli and Mackenzie Gore um, are perfect guys that you can take a, sh- a shot on in terms of dart throws late in drafts because um, assuming health, they're going to get playing time. There's no one else there in this rotation. Um, and they do have upside and there's going to be some growing pains with, I think, both of them, but I think they're absolutely, these are perfect dart throws to me, I think it and at the tail end of drafts or deeper drafts
1: yeah, for sure. I, I think that's a great call, especially, uh, I, 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 the pedigree of Cavalli seems very intriguing. So mm-hmm. I'm there at Gora. I was all in on it until so he <clears throat> kind of got hiccupy last year. Yeah. Um, let's head to the bullpen real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got Kyle Finnegan slated to close. I think we all kind of expect him to start as the closer. We saw Carl Edwards get chances last year, Hunter Harvey's there, who I'm a Mm -hmm. big fan of a later Mm -hmm. round Mm -hmm. choice on. So how are you approaching the Nationals bullpen assuming, you know, saves, we we know saves will be limited, but Mm -hmm. how do you approach this come draft time? Because they're all coming reasonably
2: priced. You know, I think, I think that Kyle Finnegan, if this makes sense, I think he's a perfectly solid lower tier uh, closer, if that makes sense. And um, he, you know, he made improvements last, last season. He, He started throwing and he, you know, he basically kind of um, came into the closer season in the second half of the season. But, um, you know, he started throwing his sinker um, a little bit more and um, it it worked well for him. You know, you saw his um, velocity increase from 95.7% to 97 uh, miles per hour. Um, and, you know, he cut his his walk rate down. Um, so these were all good signs. I think that he will be the closer. I think the only issue with, with Finnegan is um, – you know, he's the closer for the, for the nationals, but um, he could get traded. Um, And if he does, you know, you referenced Hunter Harvey, you know, I think that's a really kind of um, sneaky pick there. Um, You know, Harvey has always had, you know, um, problems staying healthy, but he, he is my guy, I think, especially like in, um, you know, draft and holds and stuff like that, that um, Hunter Harvey, you know, if you're going to take a shot on someone in this bullpen uh, to me, it's Hunter Harvey. I like him.
1: Yeah, Harvey's ADP is around 530 right now. -hmm. So I've been been trying to grab him late as a spec
2: a lot. Yeah.
1: Uh, Any other starters or relievers? Any other pitchers? Like you said, they probably have to go acquire someone. Like, I don't know if we really want to discuss Palo Espino as a spot starter, stuff like that. But anybody else?
2: Yeah, no. I mean, I think that unless they don't get anyone, you're going to see Palo Espino. You're going to see a Rasmo Ramirez. I think they have to get someone because I just, this this, this rotation can go sideways real quickly. so I would like for them to add depth, and I don't know that even if they add depth, I think it's I think it's a good move probably in real life, but again for fantasy purposes, um, I don't know um, how fruitful it will be.
1: All right, let's talk potential uh, prospects we might see this year. Because as much as we like to make fun of what's going on in the big league level, they have a lot of prospects. They land a lot of trades. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how many will be impactful this year, mm-hmm. but who are some of the names you are looking at potentially in drafts right now?
2: Yeah, I mean, in terms of of drafts, I I mean, you are looking at some of their prospects that will be kind of showcasing their skills for the first time for the Nationals this year. You know, in terms of like you know, Cade Cavalli, you know, and mm-hmm. um and uh, CJ Abrams, um and these are you know, the Nationals have acquired. They had like this basically barren farm system, but um with some of the big trades in the past two seasons, um they have acquired some intriguing guys. Um, Like I said, I think you're going to start seeing some this season, but in terms of like any of the guys that we haven't like talked about, maybe you'd see, you know, Robert Hassel this season. I think that that, that may be a little bit too early. I think that he has a uh, ETA of 2024, but I wouldn't be surprised if you see him because, um, it's really going to be dependent on how, how well do we think ultimately I, I'm fine with Lane Thomas, but with like, you know, with Corey Dickerson, um, and who, who else do we have now? Oh, Victor Robles. Um, you know, if that outfield doesn't really stand up, it's possible you see Robert Hassel up and he's got a little bit of power and speed. That would be interesting. I think it would be a little bit early, but I wouldn't rule that out, um, either. So, um, he he would be interesting. I think in terms of the closest person to twenty twenty three, that's what that's who uh, jumps to mind for me.
1: It's an inter- it's interesting. Like <clears throat> whenever I do these, I just kind of scroll on the roster resources through the minor leagues, and mm-hmm. you know, Carter Keyboom still down there. What I, you yep. what could have been? <laughs> I goodness. know, I know. Um, Jeter Downs, who they got they
2: um, got like, him in the rule that's, five. A, that's interesting. If that is honestly, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Because,
1: because the rule five, you know, the whole like literally if he doesn't stay, they ship him back. Mm-hmm. And again, like once heralded prospects, so you like you never know. Like mm-hmm. that. So that's at least you know piques my interest a little bit. Yeah. But um, and then the name I've heard a lot, and I I know nothing about prospects. And mm-hmm. if it's not on your radar, then it's probably more of a long term or it's a long and when I've heard it, people have flat out said long shot, mm-hmm. but it's someone that I keep an eye on. And I think it's, I think to me, it's a long shot because of Jeter Downs mm-hmm. and because of Carter Keyboom being there. But Jake Alou's been mentioned a few times. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's sitting like right now, roster resource hasn't penciled in, um, you know, as, as, you know, on the bench, you know, mm-hmm. um, um, I don't know. I mean, I he's someone that I actually don't know a ton about. Um, I have, you know, kind of heard his thing kind of bandied about, but I actually don't know a ton about him. Um, yeah. So.
1: Yeah. It, no, it's fine. Like I literally I've I've looked at, I've looked at his page and it's like okay, he's little power, little speed, but I I don't know why they rush him up over someone else. Mm-hmm. Um that's there that's so I don't know. I've just, there's a bunch of like I said scrolling through the the list, they have a lot of options, but it's just I don't know if they're quality options or yeah. what they are, so and the way they built their team, it's like they're good with platooning cheap veterans for now. And it's almost like let's suck again and get some more draft picks and then kind of start spending money maybe. That's yeah, what it feels I, like, yeah. Right?
2: I mean, this team is is made up of a mix of top prospects, kind of one-year veteran rentals, and yep. really kind of fringy guys, like solid yep. fringy guys, if that makes sense. 100%, yep. So, I mean, that is your 2023 Washington Nationals.
1: Well, I love it. And it was fun previewing them with you, Lauren. It was great. It was uh, – a. It's going to be an interesting year to go yeah. that way and a very tough division. So we're, we'll see how this yeah. goes. But yeah. uh, before we head on out of here... Remind everybody where they can find you and what you got going on.
2: You can catch me over at, at fan tracks where I do both football and baseball, obviously now we're moving into the baseball season. So um, I will be um, starting kind of at the, at the uh, mid to end of the month. Um, starting uh, to do kind of a weekly um, article for the off season. And I will continue that throughout the, the regular season. And you can find me over at Twitter um, at LK Auerbach.
1: All righty. Well, Lauren, Always a pleasure talking to you. I appreciate you joining me. I look forward to the next time we get to chat. Hopefully yep. it's before November in Arizona. Let's put it that way.
2: Let's We'll, we'll plan it. We'll calendar it.
1: All right. Sounds like a plan <laughs> to me. Make sure you guys follow her on Twitter at LK Auerbach and much, much more on fan tracks from her. And until next time, this was your Bench with Bubba, Washington Nationals season preview. Catch you guys next time.